0: Welcome. Here at The Bridge Church, we exist to help you connect to God, grow with family, and serve our city. We hope today's message will allow you to grow deeper in your connection to God. Enjoy the message. Let's pray. God, we thank you for being our hope. We thank you for being our strength thank you God that you are one that we can run to and that your well never runs dry we thank you God that in this afternoon that we've come here every one of us have come at different places with you some of us are farther from you than we'd like to be some of us are hungering to get closer and wherever we are with the king the poet called you the hound of heaven hunting us down the king leaves his throne so that he might be with his people and so now God we pray that the spirit of God would guide this time and speak and you would just reach people wherever they are. And God, you would clarify who you are in their life. And you would show up and you would make yourself real. What we need today is not another explanation of you. We need an encounter. We need an encounter from the living God. And so God, I pray that we would encounter you. We would. Your word would come alive to us. And that can only happen when the person of the Holy Spirit begins to awaken our minds and our hearts to your truth. So, Spirit of the living God, do what you do and say what you want to say. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's always good to dedicate some babies. I love having a chance to pray over the kids and... um, And have that moment with the parents. I think it's a unique time. And I praise God for these kind of days when some of you have come today just to see that, the dedication of some children, or some of you have come from all different types of places. And today we are continuing on actually in a series we started last week, and it's actually a series on emotions. And when you first hear that, you might think, man, well, that's kind of a given. I mean, yes, we're emotional, but... Why do we need to hear a series or a message on it? Well, the truth of the matter is, as you grow spiritually, as you become more spiritually mature, you should become more emotionally strong. (laughs) You should be a more patient person, a kinder person, a peaceful person, a person filled with joy. And yet, though we know that we should be changing in that area, in all those areas. Some of those layers do change. But then there are places in our life where we have not seen change. Where we haven't changed emotionally. And if our life was a house, there's just some rooms we just don't want to go into. Some places that we don't want to deal with. And last week, we talked about how We want to take a look on the inside. And it is so important because the natural proclivity of humans is to pretend and perform. We have a tendency to wear the mask of blessing meanwhile we live lives of quiet desperation. And that is not just something that you do, or I do, that's human. It goes all the way back to the book of first beginnings in the book of genesis where god makes man and woman and when he makes them they fall into error they fall into what the bible calls sin and when they sin you know what they do they run and they hide <laughs> they were naked and they actually started to take fig leaves and sew them together and begin to hide themselves because they were ashamed and they hid themselves from one another and they hid themselves from God. And God, in his mercy, cries out. The Bible says he cries out. In the way it's written in the Hebrew, it's like this emotional shriek. He cries out, where are you? And Adam, he confesses. He says, I was afraid. I was naked, and so I hid myself in When God cries out to him, where are you? It is not so that God can find him. It is so Adam can find himself. It is so that he would come to the conclusion and see, this is what I've done. And this is who I am. And God wanted to be invited into his shame. God wanted him to look at his surroundings, at his emotional state. And he wanted an opportunity to speak into that. And so that's what we talked about last week, and our city groups were interesting, as we we talked about these different areas, and I got a lot of emails and, and text messages about how this is a challenge for a lot of us, but we know that we need to do the hard work of looking into our hearts and seeing some of the broken places and allowing God to shine the light of the gospel into those places that we don't want to deal with the places that we've been professionally hiding for so long. Well, today we're gonna deal with a different element and um, we're we're gonna kinda turn the corner and kinda deal with life. How many of you all would agree that life is complicated? Isn't it complicated? It just doesn't work the way you want it to. You know, um, in our staff, we use these different apps. You know, they're project management apps. And so it's, like, called Trello and Asana and, you know, Basecamp and all these different things. And and I I have come to the conclusion that I am basically my mom trying to set the VCR. Like, I've become that person. I'm like, how does this thing work? I don't know what I'm doing. And so I open up the app, and I have no clue. And they're always like, James, open up the app. I'm like, and this is the reason why. When I press a button, I just want one thing to happen. When I press on Maps, I just want to see a map. When I press on something for food, I want some food places to show up. If i got to start doing a lot of work, I don't use it as much. I like it when it's user-friendly. Because the minute I start working, I stop not wanting to use it. This is going to resonate with you. Did you know that people are complicated? That there are some people that are not user-friendly? Like you want something from them and you're like, this is becoming a lot of work. I did not ask for all this from you. I just wanted this. I wanted a conversation. I just want to go to work. I just want to go home. I just want the kids to go to bed. We just want simple things, but people are complicated. I want to list three, a, a few things about how people can be complicated. Complicated people bring extra emotional baggage to daily interactions. So it's not about the thing, it's the thing with them. And generally, it's never about the thing, it's always about them. In other words, their level of taking things personal is expansive. It's okay, everybody's emotional, everybody, look, look, husband and wives, we gotta, do we need to set some rules up in here? Y'all all all are drama kings and queens, so praise God. Complicated people require a special knowledge about them to deal with them. It's like, you didn't know you can't talk about that with them? Yeah, you can't talk about that. Yeah, that's just, you got to press the code. It's just, it's special. They have a special thing. You got to say it, but you got to say it in that special way just because they're special. They require a special knowledge. But here's the thing about complicated people. Complicated people, somebody needs to turn the phone off. It's just just gotta turn it off. (laughs) Complicated people, this phone is complicated. God, praise God. Complicated people's reactions are always unpredictable. But what you can predict is their drama. You know it's coming. You know they're gonna add a little extra emotion to the situation. Now, here's the thing about drama. I like drama. I really do. It is very entertaining in a book or a movie. I like drama for 30 minutes. I'll even like drama for two hours. But I want drama on a screen or on a book, but not in my life. I don't want drama in my life. And no one wants to be that person. But there is a little bit of drama in each of us. Because put in the right situation, there's a drama king and a drama queen in every one of us. And so what we want to be are people that are controlled. We want to be controlled people in a complicated world. We want to be the kind of people that people come to and feel their peace and feel their joy and feel the presence of the Lord because they're trusting in God and not putting requirements on men. We want that, and we want to be those kinds of people. And so in order to be an emotionally controlled person, we must be people that trust God. And we trust God in our daily interactions more than we trust in men. In the book of Jeremiah, you have this incredible picture of Jeremiah giving all these stories and illustrations and analogies, just trying to get the people of God to see that you must trust in God over men and over idols. Over and over again, he is showing them these pictures. Well, in Jeremiah 17, he reads this way. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green, and it's not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Notice, notice what he says. There is a blessing that comes from trusting in God. And this blessing becomes evident, evident in particular when the heat comes. And so what he is talking about, the heat, the analogy is the heat is life. The heat is trial. The heat is the complications of this world. And it's saying the key to this bountiful tree still bearing fruit, really in a situation, it has no business bearing fruit. The conditions on this tree would say no fruit should come from it. But it's still bearing fruit. Why? Because of its roots. The roots of the tree are going to a place that people can't see. It is going to streams of water and getting its strength and getting its sustenance. And now it's blossoming before men. Even to the point where, and I love this last part, it's not anxious in the year of drought. Understand the way that Jeremiah is writing that, it's that The year of drought is coming up, meaning that you can anticipate that there's going to be a problem coming. You know it's coming. But the tree knows that even if the stream were to decrease, its roots would still try to find another stream. Its roots have been conditioned to look for water. So it does not become anxious because of the power of its roots. We have an image here that I pray would help you. You see this right here? You see the complex root system? The complexity of the roots are actually more dynamic than the branches. The branches are big, but it's actually a proven fact that when you see a big tree, the roots generally are three to four times bigger than the branches. You know, part of the problem is that we're focused on the branch and not the root. We When you look at what a branch is, a branch is seen by men, but a root is unseen. And the fact of the matter is, is that the reason why we tend to act out emotionally is because we try to draw our strength from the acceptance of men while we forsake intimacy with God. You see, the the branches is all about people but the roots are all about God. And we tend to want to do great things, but have little root. And if you saw the imagery there, it was a deeply rooted tree, and then its bounty was there. You know, as a church, we try to set things up for you. We've got classes coming up in July, We're going to teach you how to read the Bible. We're going to teach you how to study. We set things up in our city groups so that you're going to actually take this message and you're going to talk about it so that you become more obedient to it. And we're going to put structures in place so that you will grow. But you know something? For all the structures that we create, we cannot extend your roots. We can do all we can. We're going to set it up. We're going to give you Bible. We could put Bible, ta- we could put verses tattooed on your neck. We do all types of stuff. But you have to decide you want deeper roots. You have to make a calculated choice that I want deeper intimacy with God. On my phone, when I come throughout things in the day, I actually have a phrase, I have a statement on there. And it is this. It says my number one job today is to be intimate with the Lord. And that, that thing helps me so much because throughout the day I have to go back to that. And because of that, I found even when everyone else may be falling and succumbing to the trials of life, I find myself trying to burrow my life deeper into the heart of God and getting my roots deeper. Now, I want to warn you of something. Because Jeremiah does not only tell us about the blessing of trusting in God, but he tells us about the curse of trusting in men. The next verse there, he says, "Cursed. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes his flesh, makes flesh his strength, who turns away from the Lord." Now, he is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall, he shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an inhabited salt land. Cursing. Now, you say to yourself, what does he mean by cursing? Well, it's so funny because we never need a definition for blessing. <laughs> but cursing. Blessing is an endowment from God. Meaning this person should expect things to come from the Lord. But cursing, cursing often is like this spell or a trance. It is a stronghold. And he's saying that there is a curse on you when you begin to place your trust in men. Now, I believe that in Christ all curses have been broken and all that. But there's something deeper to what he's saying. You know that emotional rush you get when someone disrespects you? You know that emotional rush you get when you think people are saying things about you? You know that emotional rush you get when you expected something from someone and they didn't follow through? It's like a trance, and it begins to take over your soul. And it begins to occupy your heart, your mind, and your mouth. And you believe you're cursing them out, not realizing you're really under a curse. Because (laughs) you are requiring something from men. Listen, their strength. You want their strength. You want their perception. You want you want you want to be. You want to look right in their eyes. You want them to think favorably of you. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you get your strength from it. That's the cursing he's saying. And and there's two things. One, the cur- here, the essence of this curse is this. It works for you. Um, one time my uh, it was it was so it was one of the best moments I ever had in my life. I was, I've always been a big dude, you know, praise God. I've always been a, I was, <laughs> I've always been a big guy. And um, I pledged a fraternity in college, and we were kind of a rough crew. And so I started applying some of those same tactics in ministry. And I found that I could, you know, I could be like, well, you know, you know what? You know what? You just need to be there at six. <laughs> and it worked for me. I met that person that was about that life. <laughs> and I'll never forget, it was a dude I did ministry with because, you know, there was this one guy and he stepped to me and I was like, yo, so don't do that. And he just was so afraid. And there was this one dude, he was from Compton, California, I'll never forget. And it, Okay, so that's, that's the exegesis of that situation. And I said, and I, and I said some, we were in a meeting and I said, you know what, well, next time you say that to me, you just need to watch out. And he said, Oh, I'm not them. I will take you outside. And I remember I was like, oh, I wasn't prepared for that moment. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) The reason why it's a curse is because operating in the flesh had worked for me. Intimidating people had worked for me. Outbursts of wrath have worked for me. When I I would draw away from people to the point where they're like, what's wrong with them? What's wrong? What's going on with them? And my life is like this puzzle piece where people got to figure me out. That worked for me. I liked it when people had to pursue me to figure out what was going on with me. I liked that. And it worked for me. But the other reason why it's a curse is because it saps the strength of other people around you. What's up with them? What's I I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. Is she? Is he okay? Are they okay? Are they okay? And now they're thinking about you, and now they go into meetings and, and they gotta they gotta prepare themselves and they gotta and you like it and the very thing you like, the very thing you like, the way you the way you like doing that thing. That is drawing the attention of men. Look what it says. The real problem is that you're turning your heart away from the Lord. You're getting your strength from the intimidation and the the way that men see you. But you're really turning your heart away from the Lord. Because the essence of that curse isn't how much you can do with men and how much strength you can get from men. The essence of the curse is that you're missing the blessing from God. The strength of God. This is an issue for you. This is an issue for you. And you need to work on this because the one thing the Christian church is sometimes unable to do is talk honestly with one another. And you need to start working on you. Any fleshly activity is not your identity. It just, I just get angry sometimes. Well, you need to work on it. You need to work on it. You need to work on it. <laughs> it is not enough to have things work practically. But God is grieved spiritually. It's worked for you. And that's why you keep doing it. And you need to repent today. It is a stronghold in your life and you need to repent of it. You need to turn from the emotional baggage you are laying on people. I'm not saying that just for work. I'm saying that for couples. I'm saying that for husbands and wives, everyone. And he says, you're like a shrub in the desert. You won't see, you ultimately won't see the beauty that God could have in your life the strength you could have, all the strength you could have, all the person God has made you to be. But you're comfortable in the flesh. Jesus gives us this incredible picture of giving us an option. When the conditions are crazy, he gives us this option. In Matthew, book of Matthew, chapter 11, very famous verse Jesus gives He was kind of talking about the Pharisees and how they cause us to work. But in here, he gives us this great spiritual principle. Matthew 11, verse 28, 29, he says, Come to me, come to me, all who labor, and are heavy laden. And that word labor is this exhaustive, depressive, weary labor. And it shows this it's this, like this picture of two ox working out in the field and they're laboring and they're sweating and it's heavy. And he says, You are going through life with burdens and trials and the weightiness of life. And he says, All of you come to me and I'll give you rest. He says, take my yoke on you. Yoking was this incredible contraption that put one animal next to another. And it bound them together. Now, he says, take my yoke on you and learn from me. I'm gentle, I'm lowly in heart and you will find rest in your, from your, uh, rest for your weary souls. Now notice, he does not say, come to me and I'll take away the yoke. No yokes with me. Jesus does not take away the yoke. Life is complicated. Life will become more complicated. All these singles in here. I can't wait to get married. Life gets complicated. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they look at the children. Look, I was I did a I was like I was like up here with the uh, Christmas kids. I was like she's so kind. Okay, they were like, "Ah!" <laughs> they got you fool. Children are complicated, and you think the next season of life will give you rest. Come to me, come to me, come to me, and I will give you rest. I will not take away your yoke, I will not take away your yoke, but I will remove the men that you have yoked yourself with. No, replace me. That's all he's saying. He's saying, you're still, you still have a yoke, but you are yoked to something else. And the yoking was intended to give the animal extra strength. And every day you get up, you yoke yourself to something. You yoke yourself to someone. You are, we are yoking people. I'm not going to take away the yoke. But what he does say is this, I will give you rest. Now, what is the implication of that verse? The implication of the verse is this yokes are in this world. This world is a yoke. And there is no chance you'll ever take away complications from this life. The reason why is because life is out of control and you do not have the control. God is in control. Life is simple to God, but complicated for you. You're not going to change that. But he says here's the danger. You have a yoke, but without yoking yourself to me, you will not find rest. <laughs> oh, man, you got you to gotta always be thinking. You're always thinking. Isn't that crazy? Aren't you tired? You're always thinking. You know, you're just, you're just thinking. Why, why did they say that? Why did they do that? Why are they like that? You're always thinking. Your mind is always going, and you're thinking about people more than God. Your your just mind is just constantly going. And he says, why don't you start resting in me? Yeah. We have a next slide there. I find it helpful. Um so I um <laughs> I feel this sermon series really is gonna be therapeutic for me. I don't know if you like it or not, but I'm finding it helpful <laughs> for my own soul. But um, I uh I I I told you that uh coming out of high school, I had a 1.7. Horrible student. And so I naturally, listen, I have a natural insecurity about intelligence and education. So I often think in my mind, people think I'm dumb. Just, it doesn't matter. People, you 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 could scream in my face, I'm smart, but there's something in my soul that thinks I'm dumb. And there are times when I'll enter into a room and someone might make a snide remark or they might make a suggestive term, and it brings me back to those days when I was in fifth grade and I was writing and I couldn't get what they were saying on the math test and I felt like a dumb kid. And I begin to think in my head, oh, 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 I got a master's degree. You think I'm stupid? You think I'm dumb? Oh, Okay. I'm going to show them. And I start thinking of ways to prove myself. And so I was in a meeting a while ago, and I found myself doing this. I found myself succumbing to the perceptions of men around me. And I thought to myself, oh, okay, self, we're about to show them because they think I'm a fool. But I'm going to show them everything I know. And I said to myself, I'm hungering for their affection. I need their perception of me. I want them to want me. I want them to think I'm smart. And I wrote down on a piece of paper, I'm going to rest in the fact that you know me better than them. And I kept, and I, listen, and for every area of insecurity, I wrote out a fact of God. Okay, they, you know, I, there's, there's a lot of white men in this room, and I think because they're, they, they think I'm stupid because I'm black. And, and wait a minute, wait a minute, I don't know that. Hold on, let me write. God, you you designed me, and and I I love who I am. I'm going to rest in the fact that you designed me, and you love who I am. Yeah. And I kept writing out these facts, but this is the crazy thing. I'm in the meeting, and people think I'm writing notes. (laughs) I'm having a counseling session. So I'm, I'm literally like I'm writing out these notes. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, oh, that's good. I'm going rest in the facts. And I'm writing out all these notes. And you gotta try it. Because the peace of God came over my life. Peace. And I began, the very men I long for their affection, I began to have compassion for them. And I began to pray for them. And I began to write out these facts. And you say to yourself, man, I don't know a lot about God. Well, start imagining what God could be. I mean, you need to start growing in the Bible so you have some concrete facts about God. But start imagining him as the strong father you always wanted. That speaks into your life and cares for you. (laughs) And I was in a room where I felt the heat, but I had peace. And I bore fruit in front of those men to the point where they could not have known what was going on inside of me. That's what God has made you to be. God has made you to be a controlled person in a complicated world. That's what he's made you to be. In the last part of that verse in Jeremiah, it reads this way in Jeremiah 17. It says that that tree does not cease to bear fruit fruit. It does not cease to bear fruit. and In the Bible, the imagery of fruit is this picture of God's spiritual power being produced through your life. Fruit. No matter the conditions, fruit. But why does the Bible always seem to use the word fruit? Well, you see, fruit, fruit is this incredible communal term. You see, there's a reason why in Galatians, the Bible doesn't call it the leaves of the Spirit, but calls it the fruit of the Spirit. Because it's not just intended to show change in my life. It's actually supposed to show change that other people can benefit from. So that I could pick an orange off the tree, and I could enjoy it. That I could pick a banana, any, any kind of fruit, an apple, and I could... Pick it off the tree and I could enjoy what they are producing. See, God has called you to be a controlled person in a complicated world so that he can have glory out of your life because the peace of God that is in you is intended to bring glory to him. And you know, this last image, this last image was the first image. Could you imagine in that image right there you see how the birds are flying? It's a it's a it's a desert and but can you imagine fruit on that tree? Can you imagine there was a desert and it was parched land and there's heat coming down and people walk over and while there's drought everywhere that tree has fruit? Can you imagine as the sun comes down that tree still has shade and it has fruit? Can you imagine that people would just they would sit down and camp under that tree and they'd be protected from the heat and they would enjoy their fruit. And then people from all around would gather to that tree. And they would say, this is a great tree. Even though there's no water, I can still eat from this tree. Can you see that on that image, people just gathering around? and its roots still extending. That's what God has made you to be, an oak of righteousness in a complicated world, still bearing fruit. And they say, oh, look at her peace. Oh, I just enjoy being around her, because this job is crazy, but I love being around her because she's so peaceful. I love talking to him because whenever there's a conflict, he's so kind. I just enjoy him. God has made you. That's what he's made you for. And it is not enough for you to wear the mask of blessing. It's not enough to wear the mask of blessing. And I pray that today you would take off that mask. And I pray that you would stop laying expectations on men who are as frail as you. And I pray in the name of Jesus that today you deepen your roots. I pray you stop focusing on the branches and deepen your roots. Deepen your roots. Deepen your roots. Jesus, you have called us to be controlled people in a complicated world. We are not called to be complicated people in a complicated world so even now Lord even now Lord deal with me deal with us where are you where are you God says where are you stop sapping the life of men stop drawing on their strength and draw on my strength come to me come to me I'll give you rest I'll give you rest I promise I'll give you rest I'll give you rest no longer yoke yourself to the strength of men do not yoke yourself to your perceived beauty or your perceived intelligence or your perceived strength yoke yourself to the strength of the Lord root yourself in the love of the Lord and his well will not run dry and his strength will be your strength and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds and you will be strong and we will be strong in the Lord. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. We'd love to hear how God used this sermon to speak to you. Please take a minute to email us your story. Our email address is info at bridgechurchnyc.com. And you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by using at bridgechurchnyc or visit our website, bridgechurchnyc.com. Thanks again for listening to this week's message.